Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda, and this is a Teachable Tuesday. I am with Hope When There Was None, and I'm coming on live today to with my bed head. I just kind of scrolled and scrolled, rolled out of bed. I've been challenged with migraine, and it's been a little while. It's been a hot minute since I've had one, but I have been nursing it since yesterday. And thank you for all and any remedies that people have been sending in. I do appreciate that, but we're just going to dive in. So it has been a very challenging month. It's been a very challenging, and I haven't shared a lot of it. It's been a very challenging month, but it's not just my intimate family, but with others. I don't know if it's an energy thing. I don't know if Mercury is in retrograde or what, but it has been very emotional and very, um, just very challenging this month. There has been just, and my heart is really and truly just feeling very emotional too. But when, so what happens is when I get to these challenges, I do have a tendency to, um, I have to remind myself to shield myself with this amazing bubble. And by the way, let's start out again. Let me rewind here. I'm Melinda Kunst. I am with Hope When There Was None. I started this page way back, I think it was in 20... I don't remember right now. Like I said, I'm a little fuzzy in my thinking, but I started this page in order to educate and empower and show others how I managed to thrive after surviving abuse and childhood abuse. I did, I've been sharing more information by getting experts on here because I don't know everything and I'm learning things all the time and every day. And even after I left that abusive relationship, I had no idea that I was even being abused. So I come on to share my story also the stories of other wonderful inspirational people, counselors, therapists, coaches, authors, and so on and so on to bring you information so you can also learn, maybe pass it on and share with others um, in order to help people to thrive, to realize and recognize that they're not alone. So I'm coming on live today. It's a teachable Tuesday. Come on Sundays for Soulful Sundays. It's like a self-care. And then Tuesdays are for Teachable Sundays. I do sprinkle in guest appearances, which I'm hoping to have a couple upcoming next week. So I hope you can join us there. And you can watch us live in the video on Facebook. And I do my streaming through StreamYard. So if you have any questions or want to chime in, by all means, all you have to do is do a... Um, ask permission from, give permission from StreamYard and so on and so on. So we can interact together and I can see your comments. If you catch me live, you can do an alert so you can know when I'm on and you can join in. So let's dive in. Again, it's just been, this is going to be kind of off the cuff and it's been, again, kind of emotional and it's not that it's a bad thing because when I have these moments, it's, it's a time for me to grow, a time for me to recognize, okay, this is where I was with some people that are coming forward to me, especially people that are just getting out of an abusive relationship, or maybe they've been out for a little while and they're struggling. So it's also a reminder for me and a good reminder, hey, this is where you came from. So it's kind of humbling and also to remember that. And it brings me back. It also helps me not relive because I don't relive my 
my trauma. I'm able to process, I'm able to remember different things, but I'm not living in that traumatic moment anymore. There's a big difference. And once you get to that point, it's just amazing. It's an amazing breakthrough that you can get through. And to look at that trauma and not really, it's not that I don't cry, it's not that I don't feel emotional, but I'm not living in that. So I can touch on that another time. But right now I've had, and it, again, it just makes my heart just swell because there's been so many and um, women and men that have come forward and it, it's just, it breaks my heart and trying to help everybody, especially when you don't, you feel like ending it all, when you feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And it just hit personally when we're, we're going through a situation with my, um, with my children. And I've mentioned this before that healing from trauma, it's not just you, it's your children too. So take a look at behaviors and patterns and what are they doing? Are they withdrawing? Are they wetting the bed? Are they having nightmares? Are Is there some anxiety? Is there ticks? Is there, um, and I don't mean by ticks like the creepy crawly things. I mean, like, do you notice facial ticks or body ticks? Are you noticing different other patterns and behaviors changing within your child? And I'm not talking the normal preteen or teenage hormones, but there's something different. There's something deeper in there. They might withdraw within themselves. So you mama or dad listening to this, you're going through your thing. Please, 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 please watch out for your children. Okay. And I'm only saying this because we're going through, we're, went through a situation. I'm not going to dive into any really details, but um, it's been, it's been an emotional ride, but when you are in a parental when you are a parent, you do have that roller coaster and it doesn't end when they're 18 and they're out of the house. Okay. That roller coaster, that, and that trauma, especially if it's unprocessed, maybe they chose not to talk to a counselor when you tried to get them help. I'm not judging my children at all, but maybe your child refused to talk to a counselor. Perhaps um, in our case, they opened up to one particular counselor, but then that was taken away because my, my ex, and I am divorced, happily divorced, I am divorced from my ex, and he made it so, and I don't know what threat there was towards this particular counselor, but he made a, a threat towards her and she felt uncomfortable in order to help us any further. And it was a shame because my kids loved her. I opened up to her and I was having a hard time with um, opening up to counselors, but she was amazing. And I don't know, I think she's still in Maryville, Indiana. And, and I, the name escapes me again. And I don't know why, but I'll remember it. And I've remembered it once before, but she works out of Maryville, Indiana, and they deal a lot more with uh, drug cases and people that are healing from drugs and alcohol abuse. But she was amazing. I'll remember her. I know it'll pop up and I'll be like, Hey, it's this lady, but she was phenomenal. But unfortunately, once we started, we were in the court system and we were getting court appointed counselors and therapists and so on. We didn't mesh with those. We really didn't. And we had a hard time opening up. And after that, actually, after this particular counselor, the kids didn't like the others and they would refuse to talk. They wouldn't talk at all. So in the crux of it all is all that comes out of my pocketbook, but it was worth it because I was trying. I wanted to make sure that they got them help. And I never knew if they were going to open up. So, I mean, it, it was bittersweet, but at the same time, I was hoping they would open up because now as adults, we have uh, further issues, relationship issues. We have emotional issues. There is um, uh, self-harm. And I don't think it's as much as it was before. 
with my girls and I'm still learning about my son where we have connected after being estranged for many years. And that is we're building on a relationship. We're not close. And I know this is totally going out of left field. And again, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. So I, I have people that wonder how I'm doing, how, how we're doing, because it looks like we have it all together. We don't, <laughs> it's still a struggle, especially as again, these victims, I like to call survivors, these thrivers of abuse, and maybe haven't come to realize, um, like my middle daughter, Miss Alex, she does not remember anything. She says she remembers bits and pieces, dad getting angry. She remembers different things, but she holds everything in. She is not one to, she doesn't want to be around dad. Again, she's an adult. She's 21. Um, she doesn't want to talk to him. None of my kids want to talk to my da their dad. Um, of course, it's my fault. Uh, but I, I also encourage you, I've never said a cross word about him or never filled them in about my divorce. And I, I've mentioned this before. I just didn't want them to have my version of their father cloud their judgment on a relationship with him. I wanted them to see him through their own eyes. I wanted, I didn't want them to see him through my eyes. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody out there listening. I, I didn't want them to see what I saw or to have my memories, my thoughts, and my words of him, which weren't always pleasant, come out of their mouths. Or, or again, just to for them to say, well, mom says you're this, this, and this. I didn't want that. I wanted them to be able to make informed in their own decision on who he was, what he's like, and just to be on their own opinion. And I hope that makes sense. So I never shared their, and it's not that they never heard anything, but I tried to make a conscious decision not to come out vocally, not to say anything loud. Oh, that SOB or whatever. And I never called him that anyway, even though sometimes I did think he was a, the D word, <laughs> you know, I did. Um, but I never vocalized it. I made sure to talk because at those those years, my kids went to public school. This is my whole first homeschooling time is with my last and he's 10. So, but for years we just did public school. So for them, when they were in school, I had court dates. I had other things that were, you know, were related to the crazy divorce, which by the way, at the time, it took me four years to get a little over four years to get divorced from this man. And at that time, it was the longest running divorce in Lake County, Indiana. At that time, it was four years. And you might be asking why. And I had somebody ask me why. And it was because of my ex. It was because of crazy he did, threatening to kill the kids, uh, slit their throats, or kill them with gas, you know, in the middle of the night while they were sleeping. Or it was also the death threats that he had, the hit on me that he had. It was the, and all, just so much, so much crazy in there. So that's why it took so long. And Again, I tried to make sure that I didn't, I didn't say anything out loud to the kids. And I did. I tried my best. I didn't want to, to make them bitter against him. I wanted them to see who he was with their own eyes, with their own ears, and so on and so on. So I don't know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, um, again, a little fuzzy thinking here. But anyway, it's been an emotional time. And in order to do what I do, I had to 
I have people that say, oh, I can't do what you do. And there's many beautiful people that do this. And many of us uh, were victims and then turned survivors and thrivers of abuse. And many of us don't get paid for what we do. And that's okay. I didn't do that for a payment. Um, I shared my story and I still share my story out of love and compassion because I know that lonely place that whoever is listening to this, man, woman, grandma, grandpa, I know that loneliness, if you are somebody that is trapped in an abusive relationship, maybe you're out just out of that abusive relationship, or maybe you're a parent looking in because I've been on both sides of this. I've been somebody as a parent looking in, but I've also had family members in this type of relationship in this abusive relationship. So I've seen different facets. And I can see more now than I can when I was in it. And I always ask people that are that are in an abusive relationship, okay, you are in this relationship, they haven't left their abuser yet. What advice would you give a best friend or your sister or your brother that was going into this relationship? And usually almost, let's say 90% of the time, they would give the advice for them to leave. But I know because I did this myself, I couldn't do that. So I'm not judging. I know the struggle to leave that abuser is so hard. There's so much that goes into the dynamics of leaving an abusive relationship, money, joblessness, insurance, cars, vehicles. There's just so many dynamics. They don't want to leave a fur baby. Maybe they don't have children, but they have fur babies, which are children too. So they don't want to leave that. I have women that don't want to, and men that don't want to leave the house. And that kind of, that makes me feel kind of weird because I do put a price tag on your life. And I guess, I guess it depends on the situation, but I always figure you are far more valuable than the home, than the toaster, than, you know, things. Those can be replaced, but you cannot, especially if it's a volatile situation. Um, it can be hashed out in court. I encourage you, please, rather than think, oh, my gosh, he says he's going to get everything or she says she's going to get it all. Talk with an attorney. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a counselor. I'm just somebody that's been there. I encourage you to reach out to an attorney, magistrate, whoever it is, and ask for a consultation. Many times consultations are free. Honestly, you might have a half hour of time, 15 minutes of time, whatever that is. But take all, write all those questions you have down and ask somebody that can help. There's usually no strings attached in your consultation. So, you know, just go, go with an open heart and open mind. And again, write down all those questions you might have. There's some empowerment when you start igniting that spirit within you in order to start taking back control of your life. Because abuse, no matter what it is, whether it's domestic violence or domestic abuse, which I think they go, I know they go hand in hand. Um, but there is, oh gosh, there is empowerment. There's a confidence that you can start rebuilding just by taking those steps, even before you leave out that door, just by learning and knowing that you do have a foot to stand on, that you do have more than you realize when it comes to the financials, when it comes to getting custody of your children and so on and so on. Start doing legwork right away. And again, you might feel to that point where it's just, you might as well just end it. And I know because I've been there. I've been there. I've been devastated. I've been to that point where I wanted to kill myself. I've been to that to that level and to that degree of depression. So I understand it's not like I'm just throwing these things out there. I know because I've been there. I've been there. And if I had completed that, I had to think to myself, okay, 
if I had done what I did, what would happen to those kids? And this is what gave me pause too. If I did go through with it, they would end up with him. I didn't want them with him. I mean, I'm trying to escape him and I know they needed to escape him too. So at the same time, that felt really selfish of me. I'm going to leave them with him and I'm trying to lead, get them away. I'm trying to lead them away from him, but yet they would be back in his hands if I were to have committed suicide. So that really, especially during that instance I just shared recently where I had was step, stepping out in traffic. It was a very, it still is a very busy road there in Crown Point. It's on the square, Crown Point, Indiana. Along the square, we had an antique shop. Then it was Antique and Unique Treasures. Of course, it's changed. I think it's Main, Main Street something, but they've moved out. Anyway, regardless, it was very busy. I was going, I mean, I took steps out into traffic. Somebody pulled me away. Thank the Lord for Bill. He pulled me away. And of course I didn't do it. Everything came crashing down on me. I just felt emotional and then started thinking, okay, what am I doing? The kids are going to end up with him. So I had to reevaluate, had to rethink, and then just start to empower myself. I really needed to do that because letting him win, even if it was his voice in my head, I couldn't let him do that. I couldn't let him con continuing to rent, rent, stay rent-free in my mind. I needed to start doing something for me, which would in turn, I know, help and benefit the kids, even if they didn't realize it, even if they didn't appreciate it at the time. But I needed to do that. I needed that for us. And so, but I've been to that rock bottom where you feel like it's just worth, just give in. Why not? He's taken everything else from me. He's taken it all or he's going to take it all. Why not just end it? So I'm glad I did. And here I am, please. I mean, really and truly, it's I'm not bragging. It's been over 12 years, 13 years since I've been free. So I encourage you to please reevaluate, step back, reevaluate. If you do decide to end it, where will your kids go? If your abuser is still alive, will they, maybe they won't go with him. Maybe they'll end up being adopted. And unfortunately, or, or in the system, in the, in the system with children. And unfortunately, sometimes you hear scary stories about that. I'm a casa and I've heard scary stories about, about what happens to kids if they're placed in a bad home or something like that. They may not get the services they need. They may to heal. They might end up repeating the same cycle. They may end up questioning, well, why did mom why did mommy or why did daddy take their life? Was it me? Did I do something wrong? Because kids have a tendency to take all this on. My daughter, Jess, my ex, of course, told her this, but she believed that she was the cause of our divorce. And it wasn't. And it wasn't that she did that at all. I think the phone rang. Mr. Awesome might be coming up here to get me. But anyway, this is Melinda. I'm going to sign off and see what's going on. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to end this anyway. If you have any questions or concerns about anything that I've talked about today, and I was going to dive into a little bit more, but I am going to log on off. And But I want to give you, I'm going to put this down in the comments. There is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Okay. And I'm going to pop this real quick into the comments. We've been having internet issues. So that might be what he is talking about. National Prevention. Sorry, I'm typing here. So if you're listening to this in the podcast, you're wondering, what is that clicking noise? That's me typing that in. I spelled national wrong. 
Okay, so I've got that listed down there. I will go ahead and put this also into the podcast if you're listening there. But I encourage you not to give up. Um, write, start writing down lists. Write down lists. Maybe you're without a job. What can I do? Start writing down the list of all the things you can think of that you can do. Maybe all the things you've always wanted to do as a child. Start thinking of all the possibilities for bringing in income. I do have a video on that, which I can repost and also... Um, I'll listen to that for the podcast to make sure I can do it on the podcast. I might repost that too for that. Um, but there are things you can do just to start digging into your dreams. What is it you wanted to do? Do you need to go back to school? What do you need in order to do that? Start taking baby steps the, the just to start thinking of the framework that you need in order to start accomplishing things. See a therapist or counselor. Do you need to take some antidepressants? And that's okay if you do. Or find out what the herbal remedies are for depression. Get outside. Go for a walk. Breathe. Gratitude alarm. Remember that? If you don't, I'm happy to discuss it with you. I might do that in another video, but I'm going to sign on off. I need to figure out what's going on downstairs. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And again, if you need to talk, by all means, message me privately. My house number is 219-394-3051. I'm going to put this down here too. 219-394-3051. Yeah, that is my house number. Please don't be creepy. I am on Central Time, so please be um, just kind when it comes to if you do call, if you do reach out. It's not text line. It is my house phone. It's a landline. Old school. <laughs> but I do write down my, I do keep my number, and I do mention my number from time to time because maybe you don't feel like commenting on a particular post, or maybe you can't for some reason, um, for safety reasons, do a Facebook Messenger. This is an option. You are more than welcome to call me. I'm up early, but the family isn't. So anytime after, let's say eight o'clock is good. And as late as let's go with seven, just to be mindful that we're having family time and so on and so on. But I want I leave my phone number. I know that some people have said, why do you do that? Because I want anyone to know that I am available to help. But again, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not an attorney. So if you ask me what to do with your 401k, I'm going to tell you, and it might not be nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about that, but I can help you. I can, we can talk. I can help advise you as best I can with what I know. So this is Melinda. I'm going to sign on off. And also just to remind you that on August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I am doing a free three-day self-love challenge. And you can find that. That'll be on Facebook on Hope When There Was None. You can find that there. I'm going to throw my page down here again. Oops. Uh, Facebook.com. Hope When There Was None. Okay, we are definitely done now. So again, I'm going to sign on off and I'm going to talk to you a little bit later. I'm going to go nurse my head. Please stay safe. Bye.